Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Slightly later than we had hoped, but he's here with us now. Sam, by the way, uh, host of and, and presenter of uh, Women's Rugby Show podcast up in the UK. G'day, Sam. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad, thank you. Not bad. That's the story, mate. That's the story. Now, um, we, of course, had a whole bunch of games again over the weekend, and we got the first look at the Black Ferns playing a, a Northern Hemisphere team uh, who play the way that you know England and, and France do to, a, to an extent uh, since the end of the year tour last year against the Welsh. Uh, what did you make of what you saw from the Black Ferns and the, the way they played a team that likes to play I guess, similarly to the way England play? Yeah, I think they kind of... It was a bit similar to the way they did against Australia. They, but they, they came out firing in terms of scoreline, but they kind of struggled up front. And I think that was going to be a little bit of a worry heading into potentially facing England and France because we still don't know who they're going to face. But they kind of got beaten up a little bit by Wales's forwards. I think in the scrum and the line-out, they struggled. But once again, um, Porsche, Ruby in the back line, were really good. Rua Heidemont at 10 kind of ran this show. And I think it's hard to look at Wales to be too similar to France and England at the moment because they are that two, three years behind England and France in terms of development. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, they, they like to play it in the forwards. They like to play a physical uh, type of game. Uh, there's a lot of focus on set piece. And it feels to me like what Wayne Smith's tried to do with the Black Ferns is take them away from that and just try and play a faster brand of rugby that you don't get so much stuck into uh, into the physical stuff. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that uh, when it comes to playing, say, England or France. Yeah, definitely. I think you could see when they, just, they tried to keep it out of the breakdown as much as possible because you would do when you have that back line that the Black Ferns have. I wouldn't even want you wouldn't want them to keep it in front of and not utilize people like Porsche Woodman, Ruby, Theresa Fitzpatrick was brilliant as well. You wouldn't want them to not utilize them. And I think that's how you do beat England. You looked how Fiji played against England and they kind of disrupted them. They played kind of chaos rugby. And that and the Black Ferns probably the only other team in the world who can do that. And that's how you beat England. You don't put it through the middle of them because they will beat you that way, they will bully you that way. In terms of uh, Wales, I mean, we saw them get up over the Scots uh, in the first round. They've lost this game uh, reasonably comprehensively in the end. Uh, but you give them a chance against the Wallaroos, given uh, the way that the Scots push the Wallaroos and the fact that they'll probably be missing a couple with those red cards? I do, yeah. I think the red cards might have killed the Wallaroos in this one there. I think the disciplinary hearing for those two is today, but otherwise they're going to have to call on a, another hooker. The hooker they've got in the squad is uncapped, so inexperienced. And Wales, as we've just been saying, are really powerful up front. And I think that's the way Wales will play against Australia. They'll try and beat them up. They'll try and play through the forwards, keep the ball in the rook, keep the ball in the mall, probably u- utilise the driving mall, which is one of the, one of their biggest weapons. 
So I think they do have a chance. And I think Scotland probably battered and bruised Australia more than they expected. I don't think they would have expected Scotland to come out fighting like that against them either. So I think the two factors of Wales having that driving more weapon, being powerful up front and also kind of being battered and bruised by Scotland, losing their two hookers. I think Arabella McKenzie, their fly half, took a knock as well. So I think they're going to struggle going into next week, actually. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because it is all down to the draw, right? I mean, if you get a win there, you're uh, you're less likely to be playing one of England or, uh, or or possibly Canada. Yeah, you don't. It's all done seeding, so the top, obviously, the top four play the reverse and bottom the, the next four. So first we'll play eighth, and then you know it, it's quite complicated. We've been trying to figure it out in terms of who might play who, but yeah, you don't want if Wales win. It's unlike they probably they won't win the group, but they probably qualifies the best second place, which would mean they would avoid any of the winners of the group, which is what they kind of want to do. Yeah, I mean, because there is only three groups, right? So three groups of four. Yeah. So you get uh, the top, th- the, the, all the group winners plus the next best team are the top four, and then and, and then you go from there. So two of the third place teams will make it, and it's all yeah. decided on two points. of the best. Third place. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, I would imagine, I haven't read through all the rules, but I would imagine if Wales ended up with the least points, for example, um, uh, and finished an eighth, but they, they wouldn't be able to play the Black Ferns because they're in the same pool, right? That would seem that would seem weird if they allowed that to happen. No, they could play the Black, they could play the Black Ferns again as well. So yeah. that, that is something that could happen. Yeah, okay. All right, now we, we did have the big uh, match of the two powerhouses uh, from the Northern Hemisphere in England and France. 13-7 was a bit of an arm wrestle. There's a few, as you liked, uh, as you know, Sam, Kiwi rugby fans uh, like to sort of go, oh, you know, uh, the England woman, just as good as the England men about at playing a 15-man game with uh, with 10. Um, I, don't, I don't know how, if you picked up much of that, but I saw a few comments floating around. What did you make of the game? I think it was brutal. I think it was always going to be. It's like, it seemed like both sides didn't really want to show any tactical weapons that they they might might use further along down the line. I think it seems that both teams will have to play each other again at some point in this tournament. And I think neither of them wanted to kind of show their best tactical weapon. But England did just front-up rugby, 10-man rugby, um, bullied France up. France made 214 tackles across the game. And I think that's just astonishing. And I think it was it was 84 within about 30 minutes as well, which is ridiculous. But they were, it was it was tough to watch. Like, it was brutal. And I think it was a little bit nervy. I think England um, probably could have handled it a bit better at times. I think they, there were scoring opportunities that England didn't take. Emily Scarrett knocked the ball on close to the line. Um, a couple of held up, tries held up. And I think... I think if that had clicked, it would have been a little bit more comprehensive. But a w- England just needed to get through that game with a win. And weirdly, I think having that really close game probably benefits some more going down the line in terms of beating um, Fiji by 80 last week. A tight game like this probably benefits some more heading into a semi-final against France, a semi-final against Canada or a semi-final slash final against the Black Ferns. The the knock on effect from this is that that amount of tackles are coming. What was it? Two hundred and twenty four tackles. You said the French made. Their yeah. next game is against Fiji, who are a big team. They're a physical team, but and they like to play the chaos mm-hmm. rugby you talked about. Is there a sniff of an upset there? Yeah, I do think there is. I think it would be it would be tough for Fiji to do it, but this the way Fiji set up this Fijiana team, 
is the perfect way to beat France. I think just to play with the ball, play unstructured rugby and throw the ball about. And once, when you do that, you're going to, the French are not going to know what to do with it. I think they're going to, they'll probably panic a little bit and maybe, I think it is, a, there is a perfect chance for Fiji to do, to have an upset. And I think their win yesterday against South Africa will just only inspire them to do that. And they're, they're playing for a place in the knockout stages as well. Yeah, of course they are, and that uh, that win against South Africa was huge, wasn't it? Because I mean they were outsiders in that game, but they led, and then the South Africans pegged them back. And I kind of thought, oh, maybe that's it. Maybe you know they're, they're done here, Fiji. But to score that last minute try to get the win over South Africa, uh, what was the atmosphere like there when that happened? Oh, it was great. It was. I think a lot of people um, left after the Black Ferns game, which is slightly disappointing. But um, there was plenty of Fiji fans in there. I think the the whole crowd was leaning towards Fiji. I think one of the biggest noises of the day was when Fiji scored their first try, but the atmosphere was great. It was a good vibe in the crowd. And I think as soon as that winning try went over, the place just erupted. In terms of what you've seen now, you've seen everybody play twice, Sam. Uh, who's, this, mm-hmm. who's, who's the team for you that uh, has maybe surprised you the most? It wouldn't, I wouldn't say surprised me, but the one that I'm most impressed with is Canada. I think they've kind of gone under the radar because that Pool B doesn't have the big hitters of France or New Zealand or England in, but they've still got tough competition. They've got they've beaten Japan, who can be tough on their day. They've beaten Italy, who are, who are a hard side to beat in the Six Nations. They always give England issues, but I think they've gone through those two games really clinically got bonus points in both of them. They've done everything they needed to do um, and kind of just won really efficiently and really importantly to get them through to the next stage. They've already qualified. They're heading into the game against USA wanting to win because it's their biggest rivals, but not needing a win. And I think that's important for them. And they've just done a, they've just gone about it in a, w- a way that's really clinical and just nice watch, nice rugby to watch, but efficient as well. Yeah, good stuff, Sam. Hey, listen, I really appreciate you coming on, mate. I hope you're enjoying your time down here in New Zealand. Yeah, I am, yeah. I've been exploring this morning in Auckland. So we were up in, I went up to Whangarei at the back end of last week to, for a couple of press conferences and had a bit of an explore up there as well. Uh, good stuff. Well, we'll talk to you again, mate, uh, before you, you jet off home. We've still got a, a lot of rugby to be played. I really appreciate your time today. <laughs> No worries. Cheers. Speak Cheers. to you soon. Yeah, will do. Sam, by the way, from the Women's Rugby Show, he's a host and presenter there and uh, used to be Matchday Media for Bristol as well. He's uh, very much involved in rugby in the Northern Hemisphere. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.